You are listening to the Beyond a Survivor podcast. I'm Karen Messina, and my goal is to share all of my knowledge, lived experience, and survivor stories with all of you. Together, we will talk about everything that will help you triumph over trauma, because there is so much more beyond being a survivor. Enjoy the episode. Oh, hi, everyone. Today, we are going to continue our conversation about things I've heard and things you've said to me and things you want me to, you know, share. These are little quotes or little comments, and this is the third version of, I had a whole list, so we're, we're working our way down the list. So as you all know, I am Karen Messina, Life Coach, and I'm here to serve you. So the next one on the list, and if you hadn't, didn't listen to the last two episodes prior to this one, you should go back and listen because we covered a whole bunch. But now we're moving down the list. I might get to all of them today, um, but maybe not. Depends on how much talking we do. So the first one, it's easier to be angry than it is to be sad. What do you think about that? So it does feel easier to be angry. And it's a way to vent, I feel like. So it's easier to be angry than it is to be sad. And we don't allow ourselves to be sad these days because everybody's always telling us, get over it, don't think about it, just move on, um, things will get better, all these things. But they're not addressing the fact that you're sad and you're allowed to be sad and you have to feel the sadness in order to move past it. But getting angry at the people who are trying to help you is what happens very often. So you're feeling something and people are trying to dismiss it. And so because they're not on the same page as you or not getting what you're saying, it makes you mad and we lash out and that's how we deal. So it's so much easier to be angry than it is to be sad because sad is painful and it hurts. And nobody wants to feel sad. So feeling angry just seems so easy. But I always say that when you are uh, feeling bad or somebody dies or that you're grieving or, or, you're, or you're grieving the loss of a relationship, you have to go through the phase of grief. And grief has a lot of parts to it, a lot of moving parts. And so you have to grieve the loss of whatever it is. And you have to feel those feelings all the way through. Otherwise, they're going to get stuck somewhere inside of you. And then they're going to come up and out at the worst possible time. So it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be sad. And you you could get angry, but but directing your anger at someone isn't useful. You can get angry at what happened. You could get angry at, you know, the circumstance around it, but but pointing it in the direction where it belongs and having someone in your corner to talk to, whether it's a close family member or a coach or a therapist, whatever, having those tools under your belt so that you can vent properly or grieve properly. It's it's not good to be alone in any 
scenario. So it's okay to be sad. It's okay to cry. I mean, sometimes you just need to have a good cry and get it all out of your system. And it's okay. And anger really just makes you feel, I mean, in the moment, if you're lashing out and yelling, you it feels good in that moment. But when you walk away, now you have the reason that you're being sad on top of who you just yelled at, who you were angry at. And so now you, you have anger and sadness together. So you really want to see what it is that you're feeling. And if you, it's, you know, just talking about it, I'm sad because so-and-so died. I'm sad because my marriage broke apart and I want to be mad. I want to be angry at someone about that. I want to blame somebody for that. That that's the normal and very common feeling. And yes, being angry and not facing your sadness, not dealing with your sadness, not feeling sad is always easier, but it's not better. Okay, so that's all I'm going to say about that. And of course, every single one of these, if one of these touches on something that affects you, please feel free to reach out to me. Okay, next one. You can't set yourself on fire in order to keep others warm. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to say it again. You can't set yourself on fire in order to keep others warm. So what does that mean? I think that it means that you are doing too much for everyone else and not yourself. You're always worried about other people and not yourself. You're, you know, setting yourself on fire, meaning you're, you know, extending yourself to a point where you're getting burned out and you're doing it to keep other people happy. So setting yourself on fire to keep others warm is going to wear off and then you are going to be gone and you won't be there for them because you'll be either dead from exhaustion or you'll be burned out. You'll be useless to people because you didn't take care of yourself first. So you, I get it. It feels good to do things for other people and it seems very commendable, but if you're not taking care of yourself first, you're not going to be good for anybody else. And what you're doing for other people won't be useful because it'll be less than your best, right? So try to think of it like, you know, don't be a martyr. I always say that to people. Why are you being a martyr? I mean, yes, it's nice to help people, but you need to be healthy. You need to be strong. You need to be, you know, firm in your life. You need to have everything in order so that you can then give to others. But you can't give from like an empty pot. If you just think about it, if you're, if you're, you know, you know, I love uh, visuals and imagery and I love all of that. So think of a pot of water and, or a pot of soup, right? It's full and your family is all around you and they're all scooping out of this pot and they're eating and it's delicious and everything's good. But then when it's empty, you have no more to give and you're depleting yourself of energy when you're, you know, always thinking about other people and never thinking about yourself. How are you going to help people if you're depleted, you're drained, and you're not strong anymore? You can't really help them. So you can't set yourself on fire in order to keep others warm. And you really have to keep yourself strong and healthy and happy. 
when you're happy, other people will be happy around you. And then it feels better to give to others when you feel good about yourself. But giving to others to the point where you're just completely burned out is not the way to go. Okay, that was a good one. Let's see. Uh, let's see. It's easier to live with failure than with regret. What does that mean? It's easier to live with failure than with regret. Well, I think it's that if you did something and you regretted it, that you would feel horrible. And if you fail, so is it easier to live with failure? I think it is because in the sense that I always say failing is your friend. So you could try something and fail and then learn from that. So you're, you learned that this didn't work. I failed and I'm going to try something different. I'm not going to do that again, but I'm going to try something different. But if you regretted something that you did, that's hard to live with. So let's say, for example, you said something to someone you thought would be helpful, but it ended up hurting them greatly. And maybe you said something to someone and it didn't it didn't help them, but it benefited you in some way. And you thought it was going to help them. And in the end, you realize it was just hurtful. Now you regret it and you can't take it back. That's hard to live with. And sometimes it never gets fixed. So living with failure is easy because you could try again. You could fix the thing and you could, you know, give it another try. I failed at this, but I'm going to try again. It's just like falling off the horse. We fall off the horse, we fall off the bike, whatever it is, we try again. And we know not to do that again. But living with regret is really hard. And sometimes we just have to think before we speak or think before we act. So that's my advice on that one. Okay, let's go to the next one. Don't let your emotions dictate how your day goes. Oh, I like that one. And I talk about that a lot. So don't let your emotions dictate how your day goes. So what do I mean? Let me just say your emotions will dictate how your day will go, but you are in control of that. So if you feel upset about something, and you let that engulf you and you let that take over your life and your um, your emotions it's your whole day is going to go badly so if you wake up in the morning and something happens and you're upset and you let that consume you the whole day is going to suck <laughs> basically it's just going to suck so you don't let your emotions dictate how your day goes. So your day could be filled with things that are fun and joyous, and you could be meeting new people and or helping people, but that could get overshadowed and ruined by your emotions, your emotional state, how you feel. And again, you're in control of that. So if you wake up in the morning and something is making you upset, you have the power to say, okay, I'm going to deal with this later. 
I'm in control of this. I'm not going to let this ruin my day. Because if you do and you go out into the world or you go to your job and you're trying to help people, you're working on a project or you're meeting new people and it is consuming you and it comes out in how you look, it comes out in how you speak to people, it comes out in your posture and everything you do and say, and it's obvious to other people. But if you get control of your emotions and you put it in perspective and just know that, Hey, I can deal with this later. I'm in control of these and I'm not going to let these emotions take over my life because I'm in control of them. They are not in control of me. And then finding the source, what's the source of why you feel a certain way? You know, that whole body, the body keeps the score. I don't know if you read that book, but you should, but your body is the thing, your physical, you know, body is the thing that has a lot to do with how you feel. So for example, gut health, if you have a horrible gut situation, that's going to make you feel terrible. And getting to the root cause of all of that is, is what I always recommend. So what is the cause and the root cause of your emotions for that day? Why are you feeling crappy? Maybe you woke up and you realized something about a relationship that you no longer are in or one that you you know were sorry that ended or something that you said to someone and it's just making you feel icky and crappy and your whole day just starts to go downhill and you could feel it but you have the power to turn it around and make it a great day and then deal with those emotions later that's how adults and emotionally stable people learn to live. You have to be in control of your emotions. Otherwise, like I always say, you're like a toddler running through the house with a pair of scissors, right? When our emotions get out of control, we're like a toddler running around the house with a pair of scissors, just out of control. We have to be in control of those emotions, put them where they belong and deal with them. So if it, don't let it dictate how your day is going to go because you are in control of your day. Go do what you have to do. Be professional or be present or be all the things you need to be. And then when you get home or later in that day or later in that week or whatever it is, then attack the reasons why you feel this way. Get out your journal, write it all down. I woke up today and I felt like crap. And this is how I was feeling. And this is where in my body I was feeling it. That's another thing. Identify where in your body you're feeling like shit, right? <laughs> your is it, it hits me right in my gut or I woke up with a pounding headache. Really, really write down every single thing about what you felt and how it felt in your body and understand those emotions, understand where they come from. Did the thing that upset you in your relationships cause you to have the headache? Did the thing that happened the other day where you were feeling badly affect your gut health? Or was it your gut health that made you feel bad and then you lashed out at someone because you just didn't feel good and your stomach was hurting, or your head was pounding, and then you lashed out at someone, and you said something that you now regret. So see how it all ties in? So being being in control of that helps you to not let your emotions dictate how your day goes. Does that make sense? Okay, we will just end with that one 
for for right now because there's probably a lot more to that one. <laughs> and if you want to talk more about it, just reach out to me. All right, let me move on. Okay, I like this one. Are you okay with not being okay? Now, this kind of goes back up to the one we talked about before, but are you okay with not being okay? Some people are not. So you have to allow yourself to feel okay about things going wrong in your life rather than trying to find what's upsetting you and trying to fix it immediately. Yes, you should try to find out what's upsetting you, but trying to fix it immediately isn't always the answer. Sometimes you have to be okay with not being okay. And that, again, goes back to me talking about uh, being sad and it's okay to feel sad. You have to feel that feeling and be okay with it. Once you're okay with it, then you can start to look at things in perspective and identify what's wrong in your life and, and know that you have the power to fix it when you're ready. I'm not okay today and I'm okay with that. I feel crappy and I know why I feel crappy and I'm okay with that and I'm going to feel this way until I don't feel this way anymore. And then when I emerge from that feeling, then I'm going to really look at the root cause of why I feel that way and move forward to try and fix it. But a lot of people want to fix it right away. They want to fix it so fast. Like, I don't want to feel this way. I'm going to brush it under the rug. I'm going to do something so that I don't feel this way. And it ends up backfiring because you're not taking the time. And that's the beautiful thing about being okay with not being okay. Like come home from work and just take a bubble bath. Just say to everyone, I'm going to take a bath and then I will, I will come back out. But right now, that's what I'm doing for me. I'm not okay and I'm okay with that, but I'm going to step away and do something for me. And while you're doing that, it gives you a chance to relax and to think and to really process. You can't fix something if you don't know what it is that's broken and trying to rush to fix it so that you can get rid of that feeling fast won't fix it either. So are you okay with not being okay? I hope now your answer is yes. Okay, let me move on to the next one. All right, I like this one too. Um, are things going wrong in your brain, but the outside world is going great? Oh, I love that one. Okay, so the outside world is going great. Everything's going beautifully. People are living and laughing and loving. Things are happening all around. People are getting married. People are graduating from school. There's people having babies. Things in the world seem to be going great. But in your brain, everything's going wrong. Does anybody feel that way? Just think about it for a minute. Sometimes people, uh, you know, the things are going wrong in their brain and they can't see past it. So they can't see the joy. The whole outside world has got things going on, but in their brain, everything's bad. It's going wrong. It has to do with your neural pathways and what's happened to you in your past and not getting the proper care and coaching or therapy, whatever, 
to move past it. So I find it fascinating when people are like, everything's going wrong in my life. And other people are like, what do you mean? Like your family's great. And you know, your sibling just had a baby and your so-and-so just got married and uh, everything's going great. What do you mean? Everything's going wrong. But that's what you think. Those are your thoughts and they belong to you. And they're probably very valid in your brain everything seems to be going wrong because maybe you've tried and you failed and then you never wanted to try again. So there's that. Or you never healed that emotional wound that happened years ago. And so you are in this perpetual loop of going back to those thoughts. So when you see somebody having a baby, just say, then in your brain, you're like, well, I can never have a child because nobody's ever going to want me because I'm damaged goods or my other relationships have all failed. And now I'm getting older. And, and that's your thought process, right? Or somebody just bought a new house. Well, I'll never be able to afford a house. I am just not in a position to do that. Nothing ever goes right for me. I tried this before and I failed. Like those thoughts are on this perpetual loop. And if you don't get off that loop and start working towards creating new experiences in your life to turn that around. You have to interrupt that thought, interrupt that. Soon as you have that things are going wrong in your brain thought, you have to consciously do something to interrupt that thought process. And that's where creating a new experience comes in. And that's where laying down new neural pathways comes in. So it seems, and, and Facebook doesn't help, right? So you look at Facebook and you see all these beautiful pictures and everybody's so happy. They're putting their best moments out there. But it goes back to not knowing what goes on behind closed doors, not knowing the couple that looks so perfect and so happy, but when they're alone together, maybe they're not so happy. And I'm not talking about abusive relationships. I'm just talking about in general, picture perfect people, right? And so this is what helps to skew your thoughts. So you see these people that are, everything seems picture perfect on Facebook, but even in your own life, everybody seems to be happy, but you, but who's in control of that? I say you are in control of that. You have the ability to break free from that thought process and to turn things around in your life and to make them happen the way you want them to. But you have to interrupt that thought process where everything's going wrong. And then maybe when you try and you fail, you look at that. Well, I failed. Why did I fail? Maybe I was going too fast. Maybe I was didn't get it, didn't do enough research. Maybe I wanted this so quickly and I didn't do the right thing. Look at the reasons and try to do something different and reach out for help. Honestly, you have to reach out for help when you're feeling this way. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in that perpetual loop. I can't say enough about that. Okay. All right, here's a good one. Not wanting to do something or go somewhere because you don't think you will like it or enjoy the experience. All right. And this has happened to many people. It's happened to me. So change your thoughts about it and decide that it will be good. Enjoy the experience for your own reasons. Now I say this because there have been times when I've, ugh, I've just not wanted to do something right. And everybody's, everybody's going, I don't know, let's just say skiing. <laughs> 
uh, which I tried once and failed at. It was terrible. But um, they're all going and they're all trying to talk you into it. And you're talking yourself out of it. You're talking yourself into not wanting to go. And you're saying things like, oh gosh, no, I don't want to do that. I tried it once. I failed. It was horrible. I'm going to have a terrible time. I'm going to get there. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to really just sit there and wish I was back home, right? Not wanting to do something because you don't think you'll like it. But if you change your thoughts about it, like, huh, that was a long time ago when I did that, that I didn't have a good experience. I'm with new people now. Maybe I will have a good time. Maybe I should try this. Maybe I, it'll be a different experience for me. And then you might enjoy the experience just for your own reasons. So let's say it's bowling. You went, you, you went bowling a couple of times. You didn't like it. You never want to do it again. Now you're with a new group of people and they all want to go. And, you know, it wasn't that bad, but you just over the years, oh yeah, I tried that once. I hated it. Oh, I went one time and I, I sucked at it. And so you've laid down that neural pathway and you've convinced yourself and you've had, you had that experience. So now you've convinced yourself that that experience is always going to be terrible. So you could change your thoughts about it and say, well, this is a new group of people. Maybe I'll give it another try. And even if I don't do well, I'll enjoy everybody's company. Maybe I'll be the person that goes and gets drinks for everybody. And I'll graciously say, no, 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 you guys bowl. I'll just, anybody want anything to eat? Let's talk. Let's have a good time. Change your thoughts about it and decide that it will be good. And then you can enjoy the experience for your own reasons. That's my advice to you on that. <laughs> so it happens a lot and we talk ourselves out of things without giving it a chance. Okay. Uh, and that kind of falls in with same place, but different point of view. You're, you went back to the same place, the same type of place, and you have a different point of view about it now because of the experience that you had or that you created. You create your own experience. Okay. Let's see, this is the last one. If you try to move forward, but you keep looking back at your past, you'll never get there because your past will keep pulling you back down. Oh my gosh, I posted a, a graphic about this. Um, it was a rear view mirror. And I think I said, are you looking in the rear view mirror of your life instead of looking through your windshield, which is much bigger? So if you try to move forward, but you keep looking back at your past, and when I say that, I mean, people talk about their past all the time. They bring it up constantly, but you're trying to move forward and you keep saying that you want to move forward and you keep telling people, I want to move forward. I am unhappy about my past and what's happened to me. And then talk about your past and you keep it alive in your life. And it, it starts to become your guide. That's why it pulls you back down because you're moving forward, but you're throwing in little bits and pieces of your past. And it's almost like the visual that I love of the path. I have lots of pictures of paths here and there and everywhere. And you're going down the path. And what I say is every time we get to a roadblock or a boulder or of something in the road, we push it aside. We do what we have to do to move it out of our way out of our focus, out of our direction. You have a future focus 
and you have to climb over things, maybe climb under things, the visual, right, of the path. But if you keep throwing little nuggets of your past into the path, it's almost like you're trying to sabotage your efforts because you don't really want to succeed. You want to prove that you're a failure or that your past is causing you to fail. So we tend to do this. You have your path, you see the future, you see the end result, but you keep pulling little nuggets of your past out. And by that, I mean, talk about it. And then the visual, you're just throwing those little nuggets and they turn into big boulders in the path and you can't get past them. You can't reach your goal because you're, you're constantly pulling that past out. So let's just talk about the past, decide that it happened and be done with it. Put it in a place where it belongs and then move forward into your future. And when those little nuggets start coming in, we attack them, we address them, we deal with them. We don't forget about that they happened, but we don't let them sabotage our future and our path. We don't let them get in the way of you reaching your goal. There, It takes work, people, lots of work. You have to really work hard to fight off those feelings, to make them something that belongs in a different place in your life. They don't belong in your future. They don't belong in your way. You have the power to do that. And working on that with you would be my honor and my pleasure, as you all know. And if anybody wants to attack any of these things that we just talked about, please reach out to me and let me know. I would be happy to be your life coach. Now, that was the end of all of the things that I've heard segment. I think we did three episodes of it. So send me some topics that you want me to talk about, and I'd be honored to talk about them. All right, everybody. Talk to you all next time. Bye-bye hello if you are interested in moving from a survivor to a thriver in your life and or your business i have a six months coaching solution just for you this is how it works we meet one-on-one -on -one, once a week on a coaching call from the comfort of your own home or office i meet you where you are at right now in your journey so that we can move forward from here we will identify where you are stuck and put a plan in place and a path to follow to your success. If that sounds good to you, just hop over to my website at karenmessina.com and sign up for your confidential consultation. What do you have to lose? Can't wait to meet you.